Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. felt like the Lord was putting something on my heart uh, in the area of discouragement. And so what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to talk to you um, about this whole idea of what do I do when I'm just discouraged in life? So here's the deal. If you got yourself a Bible, I want you to take it and go to 1 Samuel chapter 30 verses 1 through 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 8. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking um, at the life of David. Now, many of us, we, we know David, even if we weren't raised in church, because we've heard of a story of David and Goliath, which is a powerful story. But there were some times in David's life where things weren't always on the up and up. And the story that we're getting ready to read is a story of that time where actually David found himself in one of the lowest points of his life. Now, this whole idea of discouragement, I, I believe that I'm convinced that discouragement is one of the primary weapons that the enemy uses against our lives. He tries to get us to give up on things, um, to keep us from doing what God wants us to do, and really at times to, to make us feel overwhelmed by all of the circumstances going on. In our lives today, it was the same way back for David. And so we're going to be looking at the story of David, the giant killer, the David who would become king, David, a champion of faith. But, but more importantly, we're going to be looking at a time in David's life where he was facing discouragement. Maybe you find yourself here today and you came to church because you're discouraged. I've learned that in life, no matter how great things are going, there always seems to be a moment or a situation or a season where discouragement comes upon us. So if you're sitting here today and you're saying, hey, you know what, man, that's me. I'm discouraged. I've got some issues going on, maybe in my own life or in my marriage, or maybe it's with my job or, or, my, or my passions, or, or maybe it's just with, with my children, and I've got a situation where I'm just discouraged. The goal by the, by the time we're done today is to give you some hope from God's word. I've learned that really all you need in life is just one word from God, because one word from God can change any circumstance that it is you're going through. Now, you might be also sitting here today going, hey, you know what, pastor? Things are going really good. Matter of fact, I'm not discouraged about everything. There's momentum in my life. Uh, There's good things going on. Uh, Things are on the up and up. I hate to break the news to you. There's going to come a moment where that's all going to go away. And here's why it's going to go away. Because when we are devoted to Jesus and he's the Lord of everything that we do, we have an enemy who wants to attack us in many different areas. So if you're sitting here and you're saying, you know what, not really feeling discouraged, I really believe that these notes and the things that we're talking about today are going to help you for when that moment comes. Because here's the reality. It's not if it comes, it's when it comes. We are all going to face discouragement. Okay, so let me give you real quick what we like to call the takeaway in this area of discouragement. If you want to write this down, here's the takeaway. Discouragement is defeated by encouraging ourselves in the Lord. I'm going to say that one more time. Discouragement is defeated by encouraging ourselves in the Lord. Now, I know I can't hear you, but I want you to repeat that with me. It's right down here on the lower third. Discouragement is defeated by encouraging ourselves in the Lord. One more time. Discouragement is defeated by encouraging ourselves in 
the Lord, okay? So, so that's really like, that's the takeaway. I'm gonna give you three points here in just a moment, but that's the one thing that if you had to sum up this message that you would know that if you are discouraged, all you need to do is encourage yourself in the Lord. Now you might be saying, how do I do that? What does that look like? Well, let's get right to it. First Samuel chapter 30, verses one. Here's what the Bible says. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from the small to the great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Verse three. So David... And his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, and, and these are kind of some words here that I, I can't pronounce, but David and his two wives had been, had been taken captive. Verse 6, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, watch here, but David strengthened himself and the Lord, and then it says this, his God, not a God, but, but his God, he, he, he began to, to strengthen himself. Verse seven, then David said to the priest, please bring the ephod here to me. And he brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. What, what an amazing story of a time where David and his men were so discouraged, but one man by the name of David was able to do something like we read in verse number six, and he was able to encourage himself in the Lord. And what I love about this story, and we'll get to it here in just a moment, is the fact that because of David being that one man, it actually changed everything for absolutely everyone. Now, let me give you the story leading up into this moment if you're, if you're not aware of it, okay? David, as a young boy, is on the backside of a mountain and he's tending to his father's sheep. Matter of fact, David spent a lot of time there. Now, David had seven other brothers and one day a prophet by the name of Samuel came to, to the place where David's brothers lived because he was looking to anoint the next king. So he lines them all up. They have the dad, they bring them all up, they line them all up and Samuel begins to go down one by one by one by one to see who's gonna be the next king so that he can anoint him. The problem was as Samuel got all the way down to the seventh boy and realized that none of them were the ones that were supposed to be anointed as the next king. How, how would you like that feeling? Okay, so then Samuel looks to the dad and says, look, none of these guys are it. Do, do, is there somebody else? And all of a sudden, David's dad goes, Oh yeah, there's David. He's on the backside of the mountain. Now, if I could just like inquire in the story here a little bit, I, I'm, may, maybe you know David's dad was like, "Hey boys, do not make mention of that. I don't want your brother knowing that I forgot about him." I, I don't know, but it would seem to me that he would have remembered. So Samuel says, "Okay, we'll go and get him and bring him back." So they go out, they bring David back, and all of a sudden Samuel sees David, and all of a sudden he knows, okay. This is the chosen one. This is the one that is to be anointed and, and is supposed to make king. So what does he do in front of all of them? 
he anoints David as the next king. Now, you would think that after God chose David and after the prophet's anointing that everything would just begin to fall in place for David to step into his role as king. But actually what happens is quite the opposite. Eventually, King Saul becomes jealous of David, tries to kill him, and the Bible records that David begins to flee for his life. Saul would end up chasing David all over Israel, trying to kill him until David finally has to leave Israel and attach himself to the Philistines. Now, if we know our story, that, that's pretty crazy. Now, in the chapter before our text, David gets kicked out of the Philistine camp, and that's when this whole journey begins to take place that we just read in, in, in Samuel. He has to go back to Ziklag, and that's where they find everything in utter ruins. And then it gets to verse number six. Now, I'm going to read it to you in the amplified version, and I want you to see what it says. But David encouraged himself and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It says he encouraged and he strengthened. Here's the question. How did he do this at such a seemingly hopeless moment? It's a big question, but here's what I'm certain of. If we could figure out how he was able to do that, then the situations that we find ourselves in that are, that are utterly discouraging, we could find a way to come out of that thing. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you three points today to help you come out of this, type of, this, this time of discouragement and three things that you can do to come out of that. And then if you're here and you're not in that season, three things that you can tuck away for the day when discouragement begins to hit. The first thing that we need to have to encourage ourselves in the Lord is we need to have a mind that is focused on God, a mind that is focused on on God. You know, one of the things that I want you to see about David is that David made the choice over and over and over again to always keep his thoughts focused on God. Now, in the book of Psalms, there are 150 Psalms. 73 of them are attributed to David, and, and if not most of them, if not all of them, are literally written in a time where David is facing some circumstances that are unbearable. He, he's, he's discouraged. And when you look at these Psalms, though, you begin to see that even in the midst of being discouraged, David was still looking to God. And David, I think, is teaching us something here in the Psalms, and I'd love for you to write this down, and it's simply this. That discouragement is not a condition, but it's a choice. Discouragement is not a condition, but it is a choice. Because the reality is, everybody in this room has something in common. We all get discouraged. But the reality is we're, we're not supposed to stay there. Look at what the word says in Psalm 16, 8. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. You see, the enemy would want you to look at your problem as giants, as, as mountains, as enemies and problems. But David constantly made the choice to see God. Remember the story where David was, was, was going and delivering lunch to his brothers, and that's where he first encountered Goliath? For 40 days and for 40 nights, these grown men of Israel that are supposed to be the, 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 the best around, they're petrified, they're scared, they're in fear. No one is answering the challenge of this guy by the name of Goliath. But David comes on the scene, and all it takes is for that giant to come out one time. And David, in essence, goes, 
who is this guy that's mocking my God? And then all of a sudden, um, a situation begins to take place. He's ready to go fight. He's getting armor. He doesn't take Saul's armor. He gets a sling. He gets a stone. And he goes running towards Goliath. And he says these words. And they're so good because his mind was fixed on God. He said, you come against me with your sword and your spear. But I come against you in the name of a living God. He's declaring God. And I think sometimes, if not all the time, when we find ourselves discouraged, man, we really have to watch the thoughts that, that we give into. You, you've heard me make this illustration before. When a wrong thought comes in, before it gets to your heart, it has to pass your mouth. You, you have to do what David did, and you have to have a word from God to battle the doubts and the fears and all of that stuff that comes into your mind when you're discouraged. You have to have a word from God. That's why reading your Bible is so important. That's why memorizing scripture is so important, because when discouragement comes, before it gets to your heart and you start to believe it, you've got to speak God's word into your life. What I love about David is David saw everything through the lens of God. And it's a choice that you and I can make as well. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, the reality is, no matter what's going on in your life, God is always with you. But on the flip side, let me tell you one of the worst things that could happen. One of the worst things that could happen is for us to forget that God is with us. Why? Because it is the awareness of God, watch here, that feeds my faith and starves my fears. I'm going to say that again. The awareness of God, like David, it feeds my faith and it starves my, my, my fears. It is the awareness of God that gives me the perspective to see how small the enemy really is. And because David was able to understand and guard his mind, he was able to overcome discouragement and he was able to realize that, hey, you know what? God's with me. And if God is with me, as the scripture says in Romans, who could be against me? Who could come up and defeat me? When God is with you, the Bible declares that he fights your battles for you. So, so you have to have a right mindset. Now, the second thing is this, is you have to have expectations that make sense. Expectations that make sense. You know, most of the time when we're let down in life, it's because we have expectations that, that didn't make sense. Maybe we put a hope in someone who, who maybe should have had it all together, but maybe had a, had a bad day. And so because they don't meet our, our expectation, we, we get let down. I, I hate to break it to you, and I, I'm not trying to be crude, but it's like if you expect to go to a fast food place and expect service like you would at Giuseppe's or, 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 or Finney's in downtown Slow, uh, you're, you're going to be disappointed because it's the wrong expectation. Expectations, you, you have to have them, but, but they have to make sense. Now, David was anointed king of Israel. Now, if the prophet Samuel came to your house and anointed you as king, what would you expect? Maybe for some of you, you would say, finally, man, someone is recognizing me for my greatness. And then you might expect that a caravan of limos would come riding in to escort you into Jerusalem and everything would, would just be happily ever after. You've just been anointed as king. You might expect that things are going to be a lot easier. But the reality is, is when Samuel showed up and anointed David king, it was actually the beginning of troubles 
for his life. Instead of a limo, David has to face a giant. Saul becomes demonically jealous. He has to flee to the Philistines. The Philistines kick him out, and then he goes home, and he finds out his family is taken captive. You see, here's my point. If you're going to be able to encourage yourself in the Lord, you're going to have to have realistic expectations. Let me give you the realistic expectations that I believe David had. I believe this was something that David said to himself. He said, there's going to be a fight, and then we're going to win. I think because David had his mind right, he said to himself, there's going to be a fight, and then we're going to win. Now, I meet a lot of people that just get discouraged because they can't understand why the enemy isn't just giving them a free pass in life. Listen, the Bible says the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. The enemy is after you. He's not giving you a free pass on anything. And I think it's worth looking to the scriptures and understanding some realistic expectations. Look at John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 1 Peter 4, 12-13, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Verse 13, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Here's my question. Why are these verses in the Bible? I think they're here for this reason, so that we will have realistic expectations as it relates to our our fighting in the faith. I'd love for you to write this down. If you expect victory... Without difficulty, you're setting yourself up for discouragement. I'm going to say that again. If you expect victory without difficulty, you're setting yourself up for discouragement. You see, the devil is going to fight you for your promised land. In your marriage, in your family, in your finances, with your children, in your job, in every promised land of life, here's the deal. There's going to be a fight And if you're like David and you encourage yourself and you get your mind right and you're going to win, that's got to be the mindset. Romans 8, 37, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Yes, David was devastated at Ziklag, but rather than just giving up, he simply got up. He was fully convinced that there's going to be a fight and then we're going to win. He got his wife back, he got his children back, he got his property back, and just three chapters later, he's the king of Israel. Now, here's my question. What if David would have just decided, you know what? I'm done. I give up. God's forsaken me. There's no hope. What if David would have done that? I think if David would have done that, he wouldn't have got his wife back and his children back and his property back, and he wouldn't have been king. David said, here's the thing. I'm going to keep my mind focused on God. I'm going to have expectations that make sense. Friend, let me just tell you, this life is going to come at you, and it's going to try to hit you and hit you and hit you. But there is a God who stands with you. There is a church who comes alongside of you. There is a community of people that say, look, when life begins to hit you, we're going to stand with you and we're going to fight back. Because here's the deal. If we've got God, if God is with us, and if we can keep our mind right, 
If we can have realistic expectations that we're never caught off guard anytime something happens, if we could just understand that, then when discouragement comes, we can encourage ourselves in the Lord and we can strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So number one, you have to have a mind that is focused on God. Number two, you have to have expectations that make sense. And number three, you have to have faith in God's grace towards you. I'm going to say that again. You have to have faith in God's grace towards you. Okay, so let me ask you this question, okay, because I love being interactive. What qualified David to become the king of Israel in the natural? Because we know what qualified David in the spirit was the fact that David was committed to God. David was on the backside of the mountain, worshiping God with his harp, taking care of the sheep, fighting off predators. I mean, we know in the spiritual, David loved God. But think about this. What in the natural actually qualified David to be the king of Israel? I mean, if you think about it, the answer is really nothing. He's too small. He's too young. He's untrained, he's unsophisticated, he's got no background in government, he's got no experience in finance. I mean, on paper, there was nothing that qualified David except God chose him. I mean, think about this. Faith in God's grace towards you. Faith in God's grace towards David allowed God to say, that's the man that I want to be the king. Nothing qualified him except for God. And so God comes on the scene and just says, look, here's the deal. David's my guy. And when, and when David's sitting in, in Ziklag and you see this whole thing taking place, man, you don't see David making anything about himself. I mean, when his men were speaking of stoning him, he didn't try to give them a speech to talk them out of it. He didn't try to come up with his own clever plan. If you noticed at the end of our opening verse, David actually started asking God questions. He, he turned his attention to his source of encouragement, to his source of knowledge, and he begins to ask the questions, hey God, what do you want us to do? Can I just encourage you that anytime you face a time of discouragement, that yes, of course, you're gonna go and find friends that love God, that know how to pray, that can, that can point you to the word. We, that, that's how the body of Christ is made up. But I wanna say something to you. Anytime discouragement hits, your very first step, the very first thing that you need to do is you need to turn to God. And you need to ask God for a word. You know, one of my mentors told me this one time, and it was so true, and it made a difference in my life. He said this, before you make your problems public, make sure to make them private and private with God. In other words, consult God before you look for the wisdom and prayer of men because the Bible is full of looking to the wise for counsel. And the Bible also says that the, the prayers of a righteous person availeth much. But there is something powerful when you say that, God, you are my source. And God, I'm feeling this heaviness. I'm feeling discouraged. What I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And God, I simply need a word. And here's the great part. God will give you a word. And that's what David does. David looks to God and says, what do you want us to do? I mean, even in Psalm 59, when Saul's men surrounded the house to kill David, what does he say in verse 10? He says, my God of mercy shall come to meet me. Not because he deserved to be rescued, not because he deserved to be king, not because he deserved to be used by God, but he was trusting in God's mercy and in God's grace. And this is so important. In those times of discouragement, the devil will show up and he'll try to make it all about you. 
All of a sudden, what? well, why would God want to deliver you? He, he says words like, why would God want to save your kids? Why would God intervene on your behalf? The devil will come in and he'll, he'll speak all of these lies. You're a failure. You're not doing enough. You're defective. And in those times, the way you defeat the devil, think about this, is by the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. You see, when the devil shows up and he tries to tell you that you don't qualify for God's help, here's the qualification. It's in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Because of that, my sins are forgiven. Because of his stripes, I have healing in my body. Because of Jesus, I am qualified to overcome any discouragement because Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. And I have an advocate on my behalf who's gonna help me get through this time. You might be saying things like, like, I know I'm weak, I know I'm flawed, I know I don't, I, I don't know enough or have enough, but my God of mercy and grace, he shall come. That, that's the reality. There's not anything you're going to face that God's mercy and grace won't show up and try to help. You see, all of us face times of discouragement, but you can make a choice about whether or not you're going to stay there or if you're going to encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, how do we do that? We do it by having a mind that is focused on God, by having expectations that make sense, and by having a faith in God's grace towards you and even towards me. How do you defeat discouragement? Very simple. You begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, now here's the thing as, as we close. Discouragement's going to come. And again, like I said at the beginning, you might be in this place right now facing discouragement. I want you to know that we have a good God and he cares about every detail of your life. And I wanna say from this moment on that today would be a day, especially, especially if you consistently go through the cycle of encouragement to discouragement and encouragement to discouragement, that you're gonna to get to a place where a year from now, when something hits, your first thought is not gonna be, why me? Your first thought's gonna be, man, you know what? With me and God, just like David, we're gonna win this thing. It's gonna be good. I want you just to bow your heads real quick and, and close your eyes. I wanna, I wanna take an opportunity to pray over those of you here today who are facing discouragement. You've got some things going on and, and maybe we don't know about it. Maybe your friends don't know about it. You've got some, some battles in secret that are just, they're tearing away at you. It could be a conflict with a family member or, or a lot of different variety of things, but you're discouraged. I, I would love to have the opportunity to pray for you real quick. So Father, in Jesus' name, God, God, you know every single person, God, that is sitting in this room right now, God, that is battling, God, with discouragement. God, for some, it could be their, their self-image, God. They, when they look at themselves, they just don't feel good enough. They don't feel like they'll ever be loved by anybody. God, they feel like they're always a letdown to people. God, it could be a person inside this room, God, that, that's trying to do the absolute best they can do at their job but they're consistently being told that it's never good enough. God, God it could be the, the, the expectations in marriage. God, there might be a couple, Lord, in this place. And God, what they thought it was gonna be like, God, it's not. And they find themselves in a moment where even in their marriage, they seem so discouraged. God, it might be with children. God, there might be some battles that, are, that our children are facing. God, to, to be honest, fear has, has gripped our hearts because we're worried about what their future holds. And when that worry begins to come, discouragement begins to come. 
God, maybe for someone in this place, God, they're just so discouraged, God, because they're having a hard time discovering their purpose. God, God, you know every person, Lord, in this room and every battle they're facing and every source of discouragement that there is. And God, I pray in this moment, God, that they would rise up and understand that, God, they're, they're not alone. That, God, it's time to renew their minds with the word of God to overcome that discouragement. That, God, it's time for them to set realistic expectations that, that life is not fair. Life doesn't wait on the wounded. The enemy's going to attack. But when he does, they're not alone. And, God, they're, they're, they're in here today, God, and they need to experience your mercy and your grace, God, over their lives. God, I pray in this moment. God, that you would begin to flood their hearts. God, and that hope would begin to rise. That joy would begin to come. And God, I thank you that from this day on, that God, anytime they're discouraged, God, they'll remind themselves that discouragement is a choice. They can sit back and be discouraged or they can rise up, God, and be filled with your hope, your joy, and your peace. God, I thank you for my friends today. I thank you for this time in your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit canyonhills.com.